Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Nest Realty and Realtor Janet Oppenheimer. A senior resource specialist, Janet serves the Asheville, North Carolina area. Visit nestrealty.com and look for your trusted mountain community advisor, Janet Oppenheimer. And by Asheville Farms. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all worldwide podcast platforms. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who focus on what they really want and re-examine their goals to help propel them in that direction. Well, today we continue with the Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series with Richard Crawford, the host of the popular TV series, Leave No Trace. And together, we like to highlight the importance of conservation, sustainable travel, and ecosystem tourism. And Ricky, welcome back. Happy New Year. What a great way to start the new year. Happy New Year, Marilyn. Yeah, what what a, what a great way to start. Um I hope that many of our listeners did not get caught up in the the hassles of travel over the holiday season. Um, it didn't help that huge storms came through and and kind of made it very very difficult for a lot of people to fly. And then of course we had a a particular airline go down a few a few days later next week. Uh, so I hope I hope that if any of our listeners were part of that, then everything's calmed down a little bit and they've they've found their they're calm again and they're, you know, they're karma and it's, and it's all good. Well, I actually was just talking to Tina Kinsey over at the Asheville Regional Airport about flying and air travel during the winter months yep. and how, you know, it's a little quieter 
they're all decked out over there with their snow crews and they are going to do everything they can to keep us safe in the air. And speaking of flying, you, my friend, are really hitting the new year off with a bang. Give us, tell us what's going on. I'm very excited about this opportunity. Yeah, you're excited. I'm definitely excited. Um, so so just to, to not give it away right away, um, obviously, as part of the show, uh, myself and the crew get to travel to incredible places around the world. And I very often get asked, well, you know, what's your favorite place or what is on your bucket list? Um, considering that you've already ticked a lot of people's bucket list, I'm I'm not showing off or anything. It's just part of part of the show. I, I get I'm very fortunate I get to do that. And the very top of my bucket list, and it has been for a long time, is to be able to go to Antarctica, um, which, you know, I, I'm sure it's on a lot of people's bucket list, but it's definitely been on mine. Well, it just so happens that in the last several weeks, and this all happened very, very quickly, um, I managed to get a hold of an organization called White Desert. Um, who do excursions and trips to Antarctica. And they were so generous and they have set it up so that we can go down there and film an episode for season two in Antarctica. So I, I can't even like, I've been walking around like a kid in a candy store or a kid before Christmas for like two weeks now. Um, and I, I just can't even tell you how excited I am. Well, I am so excited for you. I know everybody is. And, you know, just going back to what you were saying about your bucket list and how you've been able to go to places that have probably checked off a lot of our bucket lists. In fact, today I was interviewed on a podcast. Somebody said, where in the world would you want to go if you could go anywhere? And I said, the Maldives. Uh, and here's yeah. why. And I gave them the story of Santiva and what we learned and what they're doing and, you know, how important these bucket list ideas. You know, back in the day, you couldn't even think about taking a trip to Antarctica. It's so exotic. How is uh, well, that coming I, about now? Well, well, before we get into that, I, I think it, it's worth a little mention uh, because we've talked about the Maldives so many times and I, I've discussed Suniva and that organization and how brilliant they are. And for me, they're always top of the list for for what they do for the environment and sustainability. Um, Sonu, one of the founders of Suniva, as you as you quite rightly highlighted to me last week, Marilyn, has received an OBE in the UK for tourism and sustainability. So a big congratulations out to that organization. I've all, it's very well deserved. I've always said, from my point of view, I think they do it better than anybody else. Um, uh, there's a lot of people out there who do a really good job. I just always felt like they did that one little tiny bit of extra pushing the line even more uh, and, and thoroughly deserve it. So that's great. Antarctica, uh, yeah, uh, not a lot of people get to go there. Not a lot of people have been going there. It's only people only started exploring Antarctica in the late 1800s, so early 1900s. So it's only been about 100 years that man has actually set foot in Antarctica. So I, I guess by going there, because of so few people go, you're actually you're actually setting out on a little bit of history when you go. Um, so I'm looking forward to making my own little bit of history when I go. Um, I'm also, one of the other reasons I'm really excited to go to Antarctica is because I'm a huge Shackleton fan. 
um, who was a British explorer who went down there uh, in, I think, 1914. Him and like 28 of his crew. The ship got stuck in the ice. It got crushed. It sank. And they literally had to make their way back and, and, and you know, save themselves in some of the most harsh and the most the harshest environment in the world it took them six months i think or a year maybe even a year or two to get back but he eventually did it and everybody survived uh which was a testament to shackleton's leadership and and all of their skills and exploration and and just just incredible all of them survived there's probably a few toes and fingers didn't make it back but overall uh it, it's pretty neat so yeah antarctica has not been explored very much um one of the most untouched places in the world and that's part of the attraction for me and tell us a little bit about this organization that is bringing you and supporting you to come here yeah so so white desert um an organization one of the limited organizations that fly people in and out of antarctica so we're actually flying in it's not a cruise so we i fly to cape town first in south africa spend a couple of days there and then we fly in inland to Antarctica and White Desert have a couple of camps there. Um, their newest camp called Echo are like these big pods that are very futuristic and it looks like something you'd put on Mars. Uh, in fact, I, I think some people have said when you're there, it's almost like uh, planet exploration, like you've gone to a different planet. Um, so that'll be really interesting. They set up lots of things to do. We'll, we'll go see the penguins and the, the time of year that we're going um, it'll be the early penguins, so the ones that have just been basically born, those little grey furry balls of fur uh, hanging out. And I think they don't step off of their parents' feet because their feet are not developed enough for the cold yet. So um, they uh, that, that'll be cute. And, and they are not, there's no real, pre we're not predators to them. So they're, they don't run away. They, they get within meters of you. you can't feed them obviously and you, you you don't want to get too close but we'll get close enough to where i'll be able to take some some great images and we'll get some good footage uh and i i just can't wait uh they also there'll be um ice caving so we'll, we'll go through caves that have been created by water running through the ice we'll do a little uh ice climbing with some picks and and some crampons um we'll do uh yeah with, you know a little hiking and mountain climbing so i'm really 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 excited I, I did have to buy some specialized gear i have some ski gear but this is this is different well that's funny that you would say that because i was going to say when we come back let's talk about wardrobe like what are you going to wear what kind of gear do you even take and also i want to find out a little bit more about this whole ecosystem that's up there in the in antarctica and what it's all yep. about that's such a big part of it so we will keep going on this because, you know, there are a lot of people who just don't even know right now in this day and age that people go to Antarctica, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. still yeah. so exotic. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Ricky Crawford with the Leave No Trace TV. It's our series that we do. And Ricky's getting ready to go on this huge adventure to Antarctica. We're all excited. So stay tuned. We'll be right back and find out more. Travel. 
Traveling to new places is good for everybody, but sometimes travel can be challenging. The good news is there are products available that can put your traveling concerns at ease. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru, on the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Ricky Crawford, the host of the TV series Leave No Trace, on his way to Antarctica. Ricky, season two is becoming quite quite an epic season here. You've been to a lot of places, and now it's like the top of your bucket list. Yeah, that yeah, I'm very excited about it. There's more cold places this year than there was in the first season. Um, we had, you know, we had Fogo. We've done Fogo Island up in northern Canada, and we did Norway, which wasn't the mid middle of winter, but it was still quite quite cold. And now now we're going to the coldest place in the world on Earth, uh, Antarctica. Um, and I I think it's probably important to just give the listeners a little reference point as, as to where, what is Antarctica? Like, where is it? What is it? And what are some of the interesting things about Antarctica? So it's actually, it is a continent. It is the most southern continent. It's on the, the pole of, of, of the Earth. You've got Arctic in the North Pole, and at the very opposite in the bottom end is, is the Antarctic, where the South Pole is. And it's, the I think, the fifth largest continent um after i think it's just a little bit bigger than europe and nobody really owns like it, it doesn't belong to anybody um there was a treaty signed in 1959 again i mentioned nobody had ever been there until you know the beginning of the the, the the 20th century basically and there was a treaty signed in 1959 the antarctic treaty and i think there was 12 original members uh 12 countries or or Places that said, all right, we'll sign this. Um, and that was Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, and the Soviet Union. And then finally, uh, the United Kingdom. And what it did, this treaty put some principles of gov governance in place, including, you know, freedom of, of scientific investigation, the exchange of scientific findings. Uh, non-militarization, so everybody agreed no military gets to go there. <clears throat> and then just, you know, being able to set up a lot of research centers and, and just govern the place so that nobody could come in also and mine for minerals and oil and gas and stuff like that. Most other countries, so that was the original 12, most other countries in the world acceded to that and said, all right, that, that's great. You guys want to govern it. We have no problem with you guys, you know, sticking a little flagpole and at the South Pole and saying it's part of 
of of your region um so that is that is a little bit of the geopolitical aspect of, of antarctica nobody really owns it and ultimately it's just a huge uh conservation a huge natural conservation park like that the whole world you know can go visit if if, if the if everything's lined up so yeah it, it it's the the coldest place on earth <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's the windiest place on earth. It's actually the world's largest desert. So there's very little moisture, which sounds strange because it, it, it's ice, right? But it's very, very dry. Winds can blow up to 200 miles an hour, which, as you can imagine, you know, God, I, 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 the wind chill factor is going to be crazy. And we'll talk a little later about some of the clothes that I'm having to, to take down there with me. Um, it's the biggest mass of ice in the world. Uh, and in some places, believe it or not, the ice is four miles thick. Four miles thick. So that is, that's crazy. Um, it contains uh, about 90% of the planet's fresh water, which is why it's, why it's very important, as we'll find out later on when it comes to conservation and climate change and global warming. Let's see what else. It's just trying to get some interesting facts here. There's a lake. Lake Vostok that's hidden underneath the ice sheet. Freshwater lakes buried, buried under about four kilometers of frozen water. Let's see. It's uh, got the world's, one of the world's uh, biggest mountain ranges. The Gam, let me pronounce this, the Gambertsev Mountains, which stretch about 1,200 kilometers. So that that's amazing. Uh, it's home to Mount Erebus, the southernmost active volcano in the world. Uh, there are 80 research centers, stations down there from 30 different countries. Uh, the inhabitants during the summer month, there's about 4,000 people in Antarctica during the summer and only 1,000 people during the winter. So when we go down there, it, it won't get dark. It won't be nighttime. The sun will never set below the horizon, which will be really strange. Um, and in the winter, it's the opposite. The sun never comes up above the horizon. So people literally spend, you know, Eight, six to eight months of their life down there in these research centers. I can't imagine how 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 that affects you psychologically. It must be must be crazy. Let's see what else is. I'm trying to think. Uh, in March 2000, an ice chunk broke off of the Ross Ice Shelf, which is the, the biggest ice shelf, and it was 270 kilometers long, 40 kilometers wide, and that's about the size of the state of Connecticut. So that broke off from from the uh, from the ice shelf. So just really, really fascinating place, and you know, all the more reason that that I want to go there. So, well, it definitely gives you pause to think about the geological events that has happened over the course of all these years and years and years to create such a spot on yep. this planet yeah. that you're going to. I know. Oh my goodness! I mean. It's crazy to even think that people go there and that they're able to really be ambassadors for us to come back and say, hey, here's what's going on. Here's all yeah. this research that's happening. So do tell, Ricky, what are you going to have to get? I mean, you, this all kind of unfolded in a couple of weeks. How'd yeah. you, what do you go to the you know, really cold place store downtown. <laughs> There's actually a little store here called uh, Outdoor Adventures, which was which which had most of what I needed. I I do ski, so I have a lot of ski stuff. But most of the ski stuff that you have is quite limiting in its movement. You know, it's very chunky and limiting, and and 
a lot of what we'll be doing will be adventurous. Uh, we'll have to be quite nimble and, you know, do a lot of climbing and stuff. So ultimately, it's the, the same old, old story that layers, layers, layers. So we have a base layer. I had to buy, a, I had some thermals and stuff on, on the base layer. I bought some more. Water, just a little fact. So water is very limited there. Uh, the resources are very limited, even though it's a, a luxury experience. As you can imagine, especially from an eco point of view, they don't want to be running big generators and stuff like that. So they melt some water and that's your water source. So you have to use it sparingly. So I don't think you shower every day. Uh, but hey, that's all right. You're in Antarctica. So anyway, lots of layers, you know, middle layers with a little bit of fleece. And then on the outside, you have, you know, Logustan and, and, and wind protection. Um, and and I, I initially thought, oh, I'm going to have to get all, make sure everything's absolutely waterproof. But it's really dry. Even though it's ice, it's it's really dry. So it's not so much the waterproof, although you won't my boots, I bought new boots, hiking boots. They're waterproof. It's more about the wind cutting through you and the temperature, just protecting yourself from the temperature. The gloves I have, you have one layer, then another. So you have two layers of gloves, the, the, the under gloves and the over gloves. Uh definitely uh, oh, and lots of sunscreen. Like like I have to uh, you don't think about it, you're in an icy place, but the sun reflects off the white, comes up, and, you know, for sensitive skin, like a, a Scotsman like myself, um, I've got to get lots of sunscreen, uh, keep the ears covered, the head covered, keep the heat in, so just lots and lots of layers. Well, you don't want to end up looking like a penguin when you come back, no. that's for sure. So <laughs> yeah. I would say definitely uh, wear your Nordic sweater. That will yep. definitely come oh, in yes, handy for now. Sure. Yes, you have it will. to bring that. Yes, it will. All right. Well, when we come back, Ricky, we've got a couple of questions from the audience here. From my listeners, they write in and they know that we're talking and they want to kind of pick your brain and get some get some ideas on some other things that are going on. And then we'll come back and talk more about Antarctica and talk about season two and where you're jumping off. Hey, before we go to break, tell us how we can be watching you now because you have all these different places. Yeah, yeah. I'll, right now, the best place to go watch is at Binge Networks, um, which is an app on Apple, Roku, Smart TV, any, anywhere in the world that you have some kind of smart TV. And you go to Binge Networks and then just put in Leave No Trace and the show will pop right up uh, and it's free. Oh, that makes it even better. Right, and, exactly. And soon it will be uh, just filled with season two and everybody will be able to go all around the world with you. Well, exactly. this is, uh, we're going to have so much fun. So this is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Ricky Crawford and we'll be back in just a minute and answer some questions. So stay tuned. Mark Smith, president of Private Italy Tours. We're very excited to announce that in May of this year, 12 fortunate travelers will be joining us on the eastern coast of Sicily at the beginning of what will be a White Lotus tour. We'll be visiting several of the most important sites that were used in the filming of the recent HBO Max program. We hope you'll join us. All of the details and information, including arrival and departure airports, the itinerary, and other details are available on our website, private-italy.com. That's private-italy.com. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. We get questions all the time. 
How soon should I arrive at the airport before my flight? The answer to that is, in general, you should allow two hours leeway between your arrival at the airport and your departure time. So why two hours? It is your responsibility as a traveler to be checked in and ready to go when it is time for your flight to depart. So you need to allot for things like traffic on the way to the airport, time to park, time to check in, check your bag. Uh, You don't know what type of flight schedules will be happening at the time you arrive. So there could be many, many people at the airport attempting to check in and go through security at the same time. So lines could potentially be long. But don't worry, there is plenty to do in the airport if you arrive and you have some time to spare. You can always grab a bite to eat, something to drink at the bar, or just sit at a business center and quietly get some work done. Just remember, arrive two hours before your flight. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and we're here today continuing the Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series with Richard Crawford, the host of the popular TV series, Leave No Trace. And Ricky, I'm so excited about this journey coming up, this big adventure to Antarctica. We had a couple of questions, actually, from some of our listeners They want to talk about nature, and you're going to like the most natural place in the whole wide world. I had a listener wanting to know, and this has come up before, what are some of the lessons that we can learn from nature? And certainly where you're going is like the the birthplace of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think what we can learn is how delicate the ecosystem is, because it doesn't take a big change in the environment for any kind of species for it to wholly affect that species, whether it's a couple of degrees in temperature change for that region or it's extra flooding or extra dry. The, the, the first indication that something is wrong is usually by any species that are, you know, indigenous to that region. So we learn the damage that can be done from from the animals and the plants that are there. Uh, but I think we also, we can learn when an environment's healthy too, which which is a good thing. So I think that's what wildlife does for, does for us. It's a gauge for us. It's, a, it's almost like a report card for us to say, hey, you're doing the right thing or you're not doing the right thing. You got to change it. And I think that's probably the best way to describe how wildlife and nature can really be a barometer for us. I like that. That makes that makes sense. And you were talking, you mentioned climate change. Somebody wanted to know the difference between climate change and then global warming. Like you were talking about this big chunk of ice separating from Antarctica. Uh, yeah. You know, that's not a small feat. Obviously, something was happening. Was that something related to global warming or climate change? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So global warming and climate change are sometimes and often used interchangeably. And and some people like want to know what the difference is, like the listener that just asked. So global warming refers to the long-term warming of the planet. Um, and just in the 20th century, the rate at which the temperature is rising has, has accelerated 
more in the last 50 or 60 years than it had the previous 200 years. So there is scientific research that says, hey, the planet as a whole, on average, is warming up. And climate change is kind of, it encompasses global warming, but refers to a broader range of changes, right? So what's happening on our planet, including rising sea levels, um, disappearing mountain glaciers, like glaciers are like literally disappearing in Antarctica. So I'll probably get to in Arctic, Antarctica, Greenland, but I'll get to see specifically the change that's happening in Antarctica. Um, again, kind of referring to the, the, the question before, flowers and plants blooming at different times in, in different parts of the world is an indication that the climate as a whole is changing. So climate encompasses a, a lot of different things. Um, that often are the result of global warming itself. And, and global warming is basically caused by fossil fuels being burned. Uh, you know, we had no cars and electricity and stuff 150 years ago, but in the last 150 years, everything is powered by burning fossil fuels. So that that is what's causing scientific proof that it's causing uh, the, the global temperature to rise. Well, it'll be really interesting for you to report back to us about this research, this scientific research that is being done there in Antarctica that is, yep. you know, like you were talking about a barometer, it's almost like the the finger on the pulse of the whole globe right yeah. there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Considering that, that, that 90%, 70 or 90% of the world's fresh water is, is captured down there. So yeah, that's it's important. We'll, we'll get a good barometer. I'm also really curious that the White Desert Organization, who, again, I'm so thankful they're going to have is it's going to be amazing. They have been carbon neutral since 2007. I'm just fascinated to find out how they're able to do that because it is such an extreme environment. Like I can't go down there and just stay in a tent and not have some kind of electricity. I'm, I'm not, I would like to say I was that rugged, uh, but I'm not. And, and a lot of people who go on these excursions are not. So I'm just, I'm really fascinated and I've spent the whole time with the owner, Patrick down there, and he'll tell me how they do it. So it's going to be a fascinating story. It is going to be fascinating. And not only that, but it's going to, I think, give you just yet another jumping off point of how you will travel for season three and what are going to yep. be your points of interest and what are going to peak your travel journey from yep. learning this and then this and applying it here and recognizing where you need to go from there. Yeah. I hope I don't want to quit after this one because, you know, this is like, I might be like, that's it. I'm done. I did Antarctica. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so I don't no. think so. But it's, it'll be hard. It'll be hard to beat. It will be. Uh, and yet you always have to remember what the mission is and that you've yeah. got the people, the people from all of these places that right. are so spectacular. So one thing I think uh, I would like to address. I'm asking this myself because you were talking about these extreme conditions and the life force. How do these organisms and the life force exist in these kind of really extreme conditions? Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's just evolution, right? I mean, if you the penguins are flightless birds but they've got so many feathers and, and so much fat that they can handle the harsh harsh winters the the mammals or the the sea mammals the whales and, and the dolphins and the the seals and stuff like that again 
from a temperature point of view, they're they're, they're all blubber. Um, so I, I, my only answer to that is evolution. Like if if animals if they froze to death, then they didn't procreate. Therefore, they you know there was no animals left of that kind in that area. Um, but outside of that, there's all of these tiny microorganisms and and plant life that does survive down there and and that is something i will find out too when i'm there the science behind some of it so i'll probably be able to answer that question a little better when i come back yeah especially, especially for that particular region yes absolutely well i was just thinking ricky when you go down to cape town before you leave you should go see the penguins you know they have penguins yeah. in cape town yeah that's right yeah. where it's hot then you'll go to the antarctica and you'll say hey i just saw your family yeah right <laughs> they sent a message <laughs> that's right put on your layers right exactly suckers we're down here at the beach <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> well listen when we come back i want to find out more about what leave no trace tv is doing and all of your plans for the future because like you said this kind of came out of nowhere i mean i'm sure you've been trying and wanting yeah. to go there but here it is and it's going to be a game changer no doubt about it yeah it happened very fast and i'm so grateful well when we come back we're going to pick up right here and ricky tell us again how we can follow leave no trace tv not only on the binge network right. but on other social media yep so you can follow on leave no trace tv and on instagram and facebook so at leave no trace tv well i love looking at your instagram photos and your reels and all the you know your little outtakes and yeah. all the things that you're doing well this is marilyn ball you're listening to speaking of travel i'm here today with ricky crawford from the leave no trace tv show and we have a lot to look forward to moving into this year ricky and i are going to be talking about what we all can expect so stay tuned we'll be right back Whether you're traveling to points near or far or traveling on a life journey, every transition is an opportunity regardless of your stage of life. If you, a family member, or a loved one is looking to downsize, retire, or buy or sell a home, contact your trusted Mountain Community Advisor, Janet Oppenheimer, from Nest Realty in Asheville. As a senior real estate specialist, Janet will help and guide you through any life transition one step at a time. Contact Janet at nestrealty.com today, helping you find that perfect home to fit your next journey. Nest Realty. Why not make the most of the beautiful winter season and plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect winter wonderland adventure in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. There are so many special places and awe-inspiring vistas around nearly every corner. And this is the perfect time to create safe and memorable adventures across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold. 
Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Ricky Crawford, the host of the popular TV series, Leave No Trace. And I'll tell you what, Ricky, you have had, 2022 was like an epic year. You were all over. Now we're in 2023, starting off with this gigantic, amazing journey. Where are you going from here? What's going to kind of unfold as you move into this new adventure? Yeah. So after we come back from Antarctica, which I can't believe I'm saying that, um, we it'll be time to kind of hunker down. I'll probably head back down to Australia for a, week, for a few weeks and start to edit everything that we've filmed. So as you said, 2022 was amazing. We went to uh, five incredible destinations, all very, very different. And, you know, got all the footage we needed and did all our production shots, but it still has to be edited. And it's where really all the magic happens. And so we still have to do that. And it takes quite a bit of time. So I'll head back down to Australia for a few weeks. I'll lock Ben and myself inside an, an editing suite and we'll we'll hammer out about five or six episodes and, and get that off to distribution and get it on TV. Wow. There's so much to get done and to do. And one thing that we've always done on this series, Ricky, is to to give people some tips on, I don't know, how they can how they can create solutions in their own backyard. I've been hearing this a lot that, uh, you know, so much of what we can do to help create a solution to conservation and sustainability really can start in our own backyard. So give us a little idea of what you might suggest people can do to be more mindful and to be thinking about how can we make change happen around conservation and ecotourism one person at a time. Yeah, it's funny you should say own backyard. My, my partner has taken up um, gardening through through the pandemic. Uh, she didn't just take up gardening. She's actually made it very much part of her lifestyle to where I think she takes extra days off at work just to come come into the garden. She grows everything, vegetables, flowers. I think she planted 4,000 tulips or something and has turned it in. Ultimately, she, she's created a small business for herself, a legitimate small business, gardening business. And um, a lot of what she is doing is um, green green gardening, but eco-gardening and sustainable gardening. In fact, she's trying to do that as much as she possibly can. And one of the one of the most eco or sustainable things I think she's done is we have this system now where all of our drain water that comes off the roof into the gutters comes down the drain, the gutter pipe, but it goes into, we've set it up so it goes into a big 45-gallon trash can. Um, and on that trash can at the bottom, we've and you can buy these online, uh, and you insert a, a little spigot, so that's where you hook up your water hose. From a gardening point of view, now it doesn't have; it only has the pressure of the amount of water that's in the the thing, but it collects the water, and now that's water that she uses to to garden uh, to to water the garden. Otherwise, that water just kind of runs off. Not every and then. Traditionally, what she was doing was the parts that when it wasn't raining, she was turning the hose on and using the water and, you know, putting it all over our flowers and stuff. But now she can use the water we collect from the rain and it stores in there. So that's, you know, just when you said in your own backyard, that made total sense to talk about that. Absolutely. I love that. And it's something that is really doable and makes perfect sense, especially when we're talking about you know, the water table and the amount of water that we 
that we use and just very kind of common sense. Oh, I bet they did that in the olden days, like collect water. Conserved everything because nothing was as readily available. Absolutely. And, you know, I remember, have you ever been to Bermuda? I have. Yeah. I have, yeah. Well, you know, they do not have any fresh water in those islands. And so their homes are built with these, uh, like... The lime. I think it's like a lime paint or something. Not not as in the color, but it's a treated paint on their ceilings. And they have these systems that all the water collects. Yeah. Yeah, down into their basement, into a water tank. And that's how they use their water. So they had to do that just because of necessity. We should be doing that just because we should be doing that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And then let's talk a little bit about just the traveling end of sustainability and being, we we have covered many times talking about carbon footprint and when you get on a plane, you can actually check something to that effect. But as you get ready to travel to this exotic place, what are the kind of things that you're thinking you need to be mindful of as you step out to even just start the journey from your from your doorstep yeah well the the products that i'll be taking with me you know any kind of soaps or anything like that and shampoos will all be biodegradable because we we, i don't want to don't want to take anything down there that's not you know that's not from that region Uh, they've asked us to thoroughly clean all of our clothes and all of our equipment before we pack it so that we're not taking any foreign organisms or anything to where we're going although i doubt i doubt any foreign organism would survive much but but still you don't want to cross pollinate or or you know pollute so that's that's what we're mindful of there well that's a good thing in fact it reminds me again of bermuda the islands were once covered in cedar trees it was all cedar trees and pigs that's what they entered on in the 1600s when they crashed into uh, the islands of Bermuda. It was covered in cedar trees and, and pigs. Wild, wild, wild boar, wild mm-hmm. pigs, yeah. And then sometime in the 1940s, somebody entered into, the, into that environment with something that literally killed all the cedar trees. You, yeah. As you drive around, you can see where they had grown. You go right. into older homes. They're all made from cedar, right. and yet you do not see a trace of it. So being able to be mindful of, that's why they tell you, don't bring these things on a plane or when you yeah. cross over to be mindful of that. So, Ricky, tell us again, you've got a lot of places where people can touch base with you and, and follow you and... You know, this is going to be fun to follow you when you go someplace. Do they even have Wi-Fi there? What is that? So, interestingly, no. So, that that is something I'm actually looking forward to. They have emergency Wi-Fi and satellite phones. Uh, emergency, I can send texts and emails if I have to. Uh, no images because it's all very low bandwidth and stuff. Um, but that that's going to be interesting because I um, how often... In, in your modern life, do you go without communication? You know, I'll be looking at my phone because I'll be taking pictures, but where I'm connecting with people via text or email and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens after six days of not having that. And, and I'll tell you what, I a couple of weeks ago, I had just a, a scan, nothing important. It was a, a precautionary scan, but I had an MRI uh, for, for the, the brain. And 
you can't take anything in there with you. You're in there for 30 minutes. Uh, you, you just have to lay there, right, with no stimulation. It's not like I could – I can't remember the last time I lay down for 30 minutes and wasn't watching the TV, listening to music, or on my phone. And I did it for 30 minutes, and it was strange. I was like, can I do this? And it, towards the end, I was like, oh, that felt really good. So for six days, I won't have communication, and I'm, I'm very curious to see how that feels. I think it would be wonderful, to be honest. Well, I can tell you our anticipation level will go up because we won't be having that real time. Oh, look, here's Ricky standing at the edge of the world or, you know, hanging out with the penguins. I'll have a massive, I'll have a massive download when I come back. You will have a massive. I know that'll be so much fun. Well, tell us again where we can get in touch and how we can hook up. And even though we won't be able to connect while you're gone, we'll be able to watch the season one tell us how we can do that so season one is on binge networks uh, which is an app that's on any smart tv or apple or roku or anything like that Um, in a in a few weeks i believe a few weeks it'll be on tubi which is also on any smart tv and is a it's a huge platform we're excited to be on that because a lot of people have tubi t-u-b-i and then, of course, you can watch our our escapades on social media at Leave No Trace TV on Facebook and at Leave No Trace TV on Instagram. Well, Ricky, you and Ben have a wonderful, safe journey. We can't wait to find out how everything goes and look at your, you know, your your reels and your videos when you get back. And we'll just be cheering you on as our ambassador going down there to Antarctica to tell us what's happening in that part of our world. Well, I can't wait. I cannot wait to get there and I cannot wait to share it with everybody. That's great. All right. Well, thank you, Ricky. And I can't wait to find out how this all is going to unfold for you and Ben. So if you enjoyed this episode of Speaking of Travel, tune in on all your favorite podcast platforms, subscribe, and visit speakingoftravel.net and sign up for that travel club. And make your bucket list travels a reality. Just go for it. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Joy.